Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I'm Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, we have business to take care of. Uh, Pipe, we have a, a sponsor who's been on board for a while. You know, they're no, they're no Dave Cook. They're not, uh, they're, they're not, like, moving permanently into our, our homes and, like, eating the food out of our fridge. But they've, uh, they've been around a while. So why don't you tell us about uh, who we have on board this week? Yeah, once again, we've got the Christian Standard Bible sponsoring the podcast. So that is a new translation that has recently been released just this spring from Holman Bibles, which is part of Lifeway Christian Resources attached to B&H. Um, the CSB is, uh, I think it's important to remember that this is the Christian Standard Bible, which gives it one leg up on the English Standard Bible because one of those things what? is more important than the other. Um, that's not their selling point. They didn't feed me that copy. So before, you know, before you go and look for that on their website, that's just my observation <laughs> about the Christian standard Bible. Um, Outrageous. but it's, it's only fair, right? Christian, more important than English. If we can't agree on that, what can we agree on? Mm. Uh, if you go to csbible.com, you can you can check it out. You can see what editions they have available. You can see who is on their translation oversight committee, which, some people very much care about in terms of which scholars were involved. You can see endorsements. So people like Kyle Eidelman and Tony Evans and Alistair Begg and Eric Mason and David Platt and Lisa mm. Harper and Kelly Minter and, mm. and the one and only Jared C. Wilson wow. are on the Jared endorsement C. page. Yep. yep. So it wouldn't be a happy rant if we didn't mention him at least once. Um, and then, like I said, they listed a variety of editions. You can read through some of the texts. I think anytime you're encountering a new Bible translation, just go to texts you very much enjoy and read them in it and see how it strikes you. So uh, this is the one that I use uh, personally, and then I also read it with my kids, and uh, I love the way it reads. It it feels very natural, um, but it also feels very sort of traditional and familiar for those of us who have, you know, sort of grown up reading reading the Bible. It's helpful to have sort of that, that ryth- rhythmic cadence. So again, csbible.com, go check it out read some of the endorsements, read some of the text. Um, and there's even a place there. If you are a pastor who wants to consider this for your church, you can get a free uh, review copy. And again, you can find that at csbible.com. Dang, man. I spent spent four years getting everybody in the church to ESV. So I guess it's time to uh, tell them to trade in, trade in their old ESVs and, uh, and go CSB, you know, because that's... Yeah, you, that's, you need to do yeah. like one of those programs that uh, that cities will do where they're like, all right, bring in your handguns, we promise we won't arrest you, and we'll give you, you know, like a gift card, except in this case, you'll give them a new CSB or something like that. So, I mean, dude, yeah, it's, that's what it's going to feel like, because I've been beating the ESV thing down everybody's throats now for four years just to stand up there and well, convenient. The, the rest of Reformedom, though, is it well, right. going to become like the new the new ESV in our little subculture? Or who's, the, who's their target for this thing? Well, that's what's crazy, yeah. I mean, that, that's they, what I'm, I don't really understand, right? They don't, they're, well, if you look at like the endorsers, for example, it's, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not it's all reformed people. It's it's, yeah, it's it's pretty wide net. It's a pretty it's a pretty wide net. It's um it you know, it's multi denominational, multiracial, both genders, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, even international. And so they're uh they're not targeting one specific uh you know, denomination or theological stance. And honestly, to call the ESV the reform Bible is, is a little bit unfair because it's you know, it's a Bible translation. It just happens to come from a very reformed publisher. So it is. It is. Well, yeah, sort of, and all those guys are crazy about it. 
Yeah, know. well, and and they you know they they tend to be somewhat pharisaical, not not crossway specifically, but just the ESV users tend to be. They're like the new KJV only crowd. So mm-hmm. I think this is. I think this it's is all a, about grace, except when we're making law. That's right. Yeah, except except <laughs> when we're hammering something uh, over your very dense skull. Um, <laughs> I think this is a more readable version. I like reading it better than the ESV. So that's you know just in terms of just in terms of daily reading. I am not a regular Bible teacher slash preacher, so I don't I don't look at it from that perspective. But just as a reader, I love it. Ronnie Martin, we will never trust you again. If you make a switch to another translation, that's what keeps echoing in my head as I'm considering CSB. Well, dude, Ashtown folks are really like quick to change and, you know, really open to stuff like that. So, you yeah, why am I even th- baby? Why am I even thinking this way? You're baby, right. Don't I'm sweat just- this. OK, Ronnie, I'm, I'm here's just, I might go CSB this week and then a couple weeks later after I know everybody's made their purchase. I might get old school and bump back to NASB so that we can't understand anything. Baby, you know how long it's going to take him to get used to this? Six days. Six days. Yeah, it's six days. You knew it. You knew what I was going to say before. <laughs> the NASB is like reading a Bible translated by Yoda. I mean, it's it, the words are just all jumbled around. It doesn't even sound like English. I mean, you give me a few weeks. We're going to have everybody uh, back with the, the New Living Translation by September. Just, you know? just go straight to the message. I mean, I realize it's not a translation. It's just, you know, it's a it's a pure paraphrase. But like... Isn't that really what you're going for anyway? You don't even need to preach. People can just read it and go, oh, that's the gist of the text. Just read it and say that. Let's pray. Yeah. Everybody's dismissed. Read carefully for 15 minutes and off we go. Well, there you have it. Well, Michael, I'll bite. Um, <laughs> boys, I got, I've got one more thing business-wise to plug before we, uh, before we get into our content. Throw it out uh, there. The all-important content. Uh, I am involved in a movie project. It's called Silverdome. Uh, in the last few days, we have gotten and will have gotten some uh, some national attention for the movie. Yahoo Sports is doing a story, and uh, we've had a few other articles run in the national media. And uh, we're excited about this. We're excited about the movie, and we're raising a little bit of money for post-production. So uh, if you're interested in the movie business at all, if you're interested in being a part of uh, a really great independent film that's involved some ex-NFL guys, some current college football people, um, and others, uh, you'll want to check out uh, the Kickstarter movie on, or the, uh, the Silverdome movie rather on Kickstarter. So, uh, we have a Twitter now actually. So I'm, uh, I'm getting up to speed on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter myself. So this doesn't count as me being on Twitter. Uh, wow. but the Silverdome so movie. Ha- hashtag get Ted on Twitter has not worked yet. Folks keep trying. It's not worked, but it's gotten my movie on Twitter. Um, Baby so steps. you can check out our, you can check out our page on Twitter. It's Silverdome movie. And uh, actually, I'm not even sure what it is. Let me uh, let me check that before I speak. <laughs> That's awesome. Out of turn. <laughs> I you love- like how I just I, I just went right into the promotion without yeah. really even knowing. So what guys, Ken has this movie out called Silverdome that he doesn't care about and knows nothing about, but he wants you to give it to a website that he has no clue about. So just get on that as soon as you get a, a chance, and uh, it's wow. gonna be great. Dude, convicting words there from the man <laughs> of the cloth. My goodness, it's Silverdome movie. Yeah, at, at, Sil- at Silverdome Movie on Twitter. I just found it. And it I am your – well, I'm not going to say how many followers there are because that might be embarrassing, but I'm one of them. Well, yeah, we just started this thing like yesterday evening. Right. So, um, so by the time been- this hits the listeners' ears, there will be many, many more followers. So many. So, so many, many more. Followers. Tens of dozens. Tens, yes, tens, tens of, dozens. of dozens. Currently, it's, it's, Boys, it's in the ones you. of dozens. I'm really busy today. This is uh, this, this is like crunch time at the end of the semester. So I, um, 
if it, if it feels, if it sounds like I care very little about what we're talking about today, it's because at some, at some level that's true. Um, but I'm going to do my level best as a pro, as a radio pro to get us through these topics. So Your transparency um, is always refreshing, Ted, because it's frustrating yeah. when you hear somebody who doesn't care, who's trying to pretend to care. It's much yeah. better when there's just we're all on the same page and Ted just doesn't care. It's so Dude, much make easier. Make no mistake about it. I don't care today. I'm going to be doing other things in the background. You're going to hear those things. Um, you can imagine me doing those things. But, uh, but our first topic, this is actually a pretty good one. Um, it's how do you talk to your kids or preach about awkward Bible stories? So uh, the Bible, as we know, pulls no punches in terms of uh, sexuality and circumcision and, and some of these things that can just be awkward to talk to your kids about. So uh, how do you guys handle that? So, Pipe, I want you to take this as a parent, um, and Ron can speak to this as a, as a man of the cloth who has to preach through these passages, because we know one thing, Pipe, we know that Ronnie Martin does not preach a topical sermon. There's no topical sermon happening. No, we're talking we're talking 54 minute exegetical we're, sermons on whatever passage is next. So Can you guys just tell me what a topical minutes, sermon is? Yeah, 54 minutes on whatever passage is next. They they don't they don't do topical in the bombed out warehouse where you're that you're calling. When you it. say topical, what do you mean by topical, Big T? I mean, let's clarify that. You know what? I don't even know. It's just a word I've heard. It's a yeah, word I've spoken. I know you don't know either. That's the thing. Yeah. I know I know Piper certainly doesn't know. I never grew I, yeah, up. Yeah, no, I, I, I spent, I spent my entire adolescence in the book of Romans. So, uh, no, I don't know That's anything right. about topical. So sermons. we're talking about these, these theoretical topical sermons right now. But yeah, carry on, Big T. No, that's it, man. What? Uh, so, so Pipe, tell us about how you handle this with your kids. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, I decided uh, to start reading through Genesis with my daughters, and because you know that's. It's the beginning of the Bible. It seems like an important place to start, sort of sets the mm-hmm. stage for the whole story. And we had never read through the whole thing together. So I was like, oh, this is a great idea. And then I forgot that Genesis is like the most um, horrendous, sexually explicit uh, <laughs> focuses on the male anatomy more than any other book of the Bible, I think. So successfully Dude, made it's a it, penis centric book yeah man, very much one. and so i thought that was leviticus but go on well no that's that's bestiality that's that's a whole different thing i'm probably not going to read leviticus with my daughters because i also like them to stay awake for bible reading um but uh so made it through the destruction of the universe by god uh you know with the flood and you know had some had some interesting theological questions from my 11 year old about that and have now made it into the story of Abraham and the next chapter is called you know circumcision as the mark of the covenant and i am i have no idea how to talk about the clipping of foreskins with mm. uh, oh you know what i should probably stop and say trigger warning and if your kids are in the room um we already said penis and we're a little late so sorry about that but you may want to shoo them away anyway clipping of foreskins how do you talk about that with with kids uh because I don't even know how to talk about it with you guys. Like I'm, I'm. Yeah, you like, seem really uncomfortable. I'm right feeling now, very nervous right now because you, you sound stressed. Dude. It, it's a very, it's a very. I mean, just there's two aspects to this. One is the awkwardness part of it, and the other is like the physical aspect of what you are discussing, which is also very, very uncomfortable. So uh, I don't really know, and I think I need advice from my sage. Uh, podcast co-hosts on how does one discuss circumcision with children dude i'll tell you how we discussed it dude yeah you take it over big t which is that uh our our kids were adopted obviously 
so this was a thing that that like had to like needed to happen for them um so our kids know they know all about circumcision man and um i'll just tell you this um one of my children was very active and rambunctious and um you know we had we had the procedure done and the doctor on the way out was like uh you know whatever you do just make him you know let have him calm down don't let him do anything strenuous like down there right so he gets home <laughs> and he, he immediately like makes a mad dash for like a rocking horse that we had and he rode that thing um like you wouldn't believe and uh and nothing bothered him so our kids know they know they know all about circumstances. Yeah, but you uh, have you have boys, which means which means that uh, like there's there's sort of a natural uh, transition, with that yeah, and and like familiarity with familiar. with all things yeah. with all things nether regions. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, this is different because I'm a father, mm-hmm. and I have daughters, yeah. and this and here's the thing: like this is all throughout the Bible. Like, because yeah. it's a physical thing and a metaphorical thing or like a symbolic thing. Right. And so, uh, Ronnie, I now defer to you. Uh, how would you how would you do such such a well, all right. introduction? So, boys, I, yeah, give me a minute here. Right. Because I got to I got to set this up because, um, you know, obviously I am I'm a father. I have one daughter. She's a little bit older now. And now that I'm looking back, I, I realize I I never had the circumcision talk with my daughter, who, by the mm-hmm. way, listens to the, the podcast. So. Let me just do a shout out right talk now. now. Well, I'm just saying, like, let me just do a shout out right now and say, babe, like, hey, if if we if we need to cover this, like, give me a call, like, next Wednesday. But please don't we'll, give him a call. Is what he really means because he doesn't we'll go want through this. To, we'll go through this whole thing. I'll open up Genesis and we'll go through the whole thing. And ultimately, what I want to do is I want to. Uh, I'm actually going to call uh, one of Big T's sons and just have him take us through it. There you <laughs> go. I, He'll walk us through it. Because yeah. it sounds like that—that's the guy that we need to walk us through this thing. Because he's lived it, right? He's yeah. lived, consciously lived it. Absolutely. What about what about like recording something that's like, all right, children, I know this is awkward, and then you give them the you know the ninety second explanation, and like you just hit play and walk out of the room. Dude, and let then, me let me give you a quick story on awkward. that pipe. But that's twice as awkward, pipe. I'm I'm all about this, man. I'm all about just hitting these things, just like literally just saying, hey, here's what it is for better for worse. You know, there's says, nothing to says be the guy who didn't have a circumcision talk with his child, which is why I can say that now in hindsight. <laughs> That's right. It's, listen I'm listening. Let me let me tell you how my wife learned about sex, man. This is <laughs> this is shocking, and this makes me sad every time I, I speak. Guys, about I need to I need to still have a congregation in in four days. So no, this is no reflection on Ronnie Martin. So no, there's nothing Ronnie Martin related in this. Ronnie is innocent of all of all charges <laughs> and no guilt by association. I love so my wife was in, uh, I don't know, middle school and her parents were very, uh, you know, very devout. They worked for a, a parachurch organization and um, KK's mom said to her, you know, why don't you go away with me on a girl's weekend? And poor sweet KK, naive KK thought, oh, we're going to shop. We're going to like, I don't know, stay at a hotel and go swimming and paint our nails. And, and you know, she was excited. So they get to the hotel. Um, her mom pulls out a tape player because it's the 80s. And she puts in a James Dobson tape. Oh, and boy, if there's between, one person you want to learn about sex from, it's old James yeah, Dobson. Good old Jim. Good old Jimmy Dobson. Um, she puts the tape player on the floor between the beds and presses play. This is how my wife learned about sex, right? And I asked her, I said, what do you, uh, what do you remember about that experience other than it being horrifying and, and stark? <laughs> she you said, know? just that, just, just the horror. 
No, she goes, I remember Dobson saying there's one phrase that he would say over and over uh, when he when he talked about sex. And he would say it in that kind of like, uh, I don't know what his accent is. What do you call his accent? Like Southern? Like, uh, I, I don't even know. Um, but he would just say it's very satisfying. <laughs> that very sounds sad. so creepy. It's so creepy, Pipe. And this story <laughs> it never ceases to make me sad. But But um, also kind of make you laugh, too. Listen, here's the empowering thing, though. Whatever you do in this area, it will be better than that, right? <laughs> so the, the bar is really low. And yeah. if my mother-in-law is listening, I know she isn't. I apologize for telling that story. You did a great job raising my wife. I, I still don't feel any closer <laughs> to having a comfort level with describing circumcision to my children. Is that just a thing that I do? I just, has that ship sailed? Like there is no comfort level. You're just Dude, like, do your, oh. I mean, do your daughters really need to like take take a page from from my life, man? I mean, what you have daughters? Why do they need to know about that? Right. Well, the only reason it came up is because it's you know we were talking about topical sermons versus whatever those are versus. Well, that's like, the most offensive thing you could have said. Right, me. but yeah. so so I'm trying to follow the non-topical method and just like read through <laughs> a book of the Bible and this is what's next. But I can You're promise like, kids, you this. I'm trying to exegete circumcision to you right now. I'm not I'm try- having a really I'm hard not time. trying to exegete anything. I'm just going to read it and my eight-year-old's going to go, what does that mean? Because that's what she does. And then Piper, I will, you, I, why don't you just grab a copy of the Message Bible? They probably explicitly genius. just there lay it, it all out, man. Eugene Peterson you- to the rescue. I mean, you're going to CSB, and you have the message right in front of you. You have the answer right oh. in front of you, and you're just not taking the lead See, on that, See, Ronnie, having a pastor on here is so helpful. I never would have thought of that. That's perfect. <laughs> Problem solved. I feel yeah, so guys, much and better. I need not- to resign from the happy rant at this point. I, so, I, uh, I can promise you this, though. If we keep making it through Genesis, if I don't bail on this, uh, I'm skipping, like, chapters 30 through 40, which are all about, like, uh, yeah, people being hacked to pieces and uh, raped and and all sorts. Just of go crazy straight things. to go straight to Matthew after this pipe. And just, <laughs> yeah. you know, everything will be great, man. That's right. I be like, know, what's that? We want to know how you handle this, though. We're going to want an update. So <sighs> we're gonna, all right. We're going to hold you accountable on this circumcision issue and uh, and see how, as a father, you've handled this. All right. And here's the thing: I know I can't look this up on the internet because the only people who will address this in any way, shape, or form are like crazy homeschool parents who are like, they walk their kids through diagrams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Ugh. the answer, though. You know, that is the answer. The diagrams. Sure. Do they yeah. have? Do you think there are like circumcision flannel boards, flannel graphs? <laughs> in, in yeah, in, I hope in, so. In the message, it's like a before yeah, and probably, after or something. Diagrams too. Oh, that would be amazing. I might look that up just to see if there's a circumcision flannel graph. That would be so amazing. Pipe, I love how you're qualifying what you're going to look up as if any of us are going to know if you actually looked it up. Well, no, I'm just – I'm not going to look up like instructions on how to explain this to my kids. I am going to look up circumcision flannel graph. All right. And then I'll give you an update on whether or not those exist as well. You know what this speaks to, boys? Just this general feeling of awkwardness in a family – and uh, that, that's going to lead us into our second topic, which is uh, awkward family vacations. Uh, summer is around the corner. Many of us will be traveling. Some of us, like, like Ron, just travel all the time. So um, this, this is maybe less of an issue for you. Maybe it's more of an issue. Um, but I, what I want to talk about is awkward, um, awkward or funny or uh, interesting family vacation scenarios that, uh, that you guys have had. Um, in the past. And, and Ronnie said she brought this one to our attention. Um, why don't you go first? 
Well, dude, so I, this is why I brought it to our attention, and it's because the other day, with literally zero sense of irony, man, Big M walks into the room, and she says this, and she wasn't being funny. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, I think I would really love someday to go, like, kayaking in the Everglades. And what? I just, like, yeah, and I just, like, I just, like, I just paused, mm-hmm. and I looked up at her, and I said, I said, it, like, in what scenario would that, like, go good? Like for us, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. kayaking with like alligators and all. I'm like, do you like, do, do I need to introduce myself right now? Like, I, like, I don't really, I like, I don't like boats. I don't like kayak. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff, much less doing it in waters where there's like these overgrown prehistoric snakes than lizards that are literally like, you know, swimming around. I, and so she's all, I, I don't know. I just think that would sound fun. And, and again, there was no, still no irony, no like. You know, I was just joking, like that's ridiculous. But um, so that's that's a possible um, you know future vacay for Big R. But um, for you know looking into the past, man. I mean, my my it was a gong show for vacations in my family, man. I mean, this is what every vacation ended with us having failed in our vacation, like the point of yeah. our vacation, the place. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be cliched here, but it really was Chevy Chase, right? So we ended every vacation at a bad motel in the desert with like a really tiny, horrible swimming pool. That's where every <laughs> one of our vacays ended up in classic Chevy style, man. I'm not lying. Nice. It was just disastrous for us. Every Interesting. Time. Interesting. Like when when you say in the desert, like is this California, Arizona, New Mexico? Yeah, so right. So we would we would go we would go off to these like destination places, and I'm not kidding. We'd either go to amusement park that ended up being closed in like classic Wally World style, or we'd go to some place and like we'd we'd rent an RV that would just continue to break down. So so the old man would like give up and just say, let's just (laughs) go back, let's just go back to the desert and get a motel. And then uh, we'd get like a motel, and we'd always end up at the same motel. It was called yeah. the Astro Motel. So it was oh, one of these like the 60s, 70s, like kind of like Googie style, you know, like space agey motels. Yeah. And um, with, you know, with the pool with the little twisty orange slide that had a bunch of cracks in it that would like have water coming down and lead into the pool. And so, you know, me and my brother and my sisters, we just end up. We'd end up just kicking it at the Astro Motel, like literally not realizing it like seven years old that this was a, a vacation fail. Because, you know, if you're a kid, you just want a pool and that's all you want to do. And so we were so technically back then I thought, oh, my gosh, we're going to go on a big vacation. But I can't wait till the part where we end up at the Astro. When in reality, <laughs> that, that, to my parents, that's where it didn't want to go. But that's where it was inevitably going to go. Right. Looking back now, I just think really pops like you just. You couldn't make one of these things work, man. You just could never make one of these things work. Now, was so, the Astro one of the ones with like, uh, like, like was the hallway under a roof or was the hallway like outside kind of? You know what I mean? No, the hallway had like red or green or orange AstroTurf under a roof. That's, yeah, just just typically uh, just totally like from that era. Baby, yeah. that's money. I would have liked the Astro. Well, yeah, yeah. So when you're like eight, right, you're like, mm-hmm. right, like if it was nice, even right now, right, we'd all like it because it'd be all retro and cool. But like yeah. back then it was just like, well, how do we always like how do we always end up here? And here's an idea, Pops. Why don't we just start here? Why do we have to go through all the, the stuff where we end up here? Why don't we just, you know, give in and say it doesn't work and we, we just go to the Astro for a week? You know? Now is the Astro in uh, – is that in Pasadena? No, it would be in, it would be in Barstow, beautiful Barstow, California, one of the classic, just burnout, worn out desert towns in yeah. uh, in the California desert, right, now, right around seeing, Death uh, Valley. 
I'm seeing a uh, an Astro Hotel in Pasadena, Big R. And you know what I said? Doggone it. I said I'm going to be all disconnected and I don't care about these topics. And here I am caring. I'm but I bring, up, I bring up the Astro and that means you do care, Big T. That's you bring up the means. Astro and all of a sudden I'm doing research. This right, all of a sudden now you're working, you're working for a living now on, on the uh, on the happy rant. I'm earning my money, man. I'm earning this this adulation and the glitz and glamour that comes that comes with doing this show. Well, baby, the Astro looks like the money. I want you to look it up. But the Astro, but it's not in Pasadena, baby. That's the point. You, you get baby, that. What right. I'm saying is they have one in Pasadena. What you're saying is that that's the Astro we should have gone to. Is that what you're trying to say? What I'm saying is that this is the Astro that exists that, that exists now. Ooh, I I, uh, I, I found it. I found it. It looks Did amazing. You find it in California? Yes. The it's not a hotel. It's a motel. Don't confuse. Oh, it's a motel. Too. That's oh, dude. It's still there. Yeah. Dude. It gets, oh my gosh! It gets uh, two point mm-hmm. eight out of five stars on Google. Uh, nice. It's the, Guys, the, the to, rooms uh, cost to, about forty five dollars a night now, which if, tells you. If you a go lot to Astro Motel right now, and you uh, and you give our code Happy Rant Astro Motel, <laughs> they will give you two dollars and ninety. We've got a sponsorship. We've got a we've got a merch deal with uh, with the Astro Hotel. Guys, wait till live in Louisville, sponsored by Astro Motel. It's going to be awesome. Dude, we're going to have the we're going to have the gig at the Astro. In Barstow. We're going to have live in Louisville in Barstow, California. Guys, if I would have known the Astro Motel still existed in Barstow, I would not be living in A-Town right now. Let me just be honest with you. Man, this place, it's like like faded Pepto-Bismol pink on one side, it looks like. Oh, man, it's a mess. Dude, it's phenomenal. The Astro is still open, This thing is tremendous. Kind of crooked roof thing they got. Yeah. It's like, really of course, cool. of course, because that's cla- that's that's of the era, right? That that sure. crooked sort of yeah, that that whole yeah, the crooked, jagged, like the all the angular stuff going on. Uh, it's great because it was a picture of the future, man. Because back in the nineteen sixties, like that's how life was going to be in twenty seventeen. Everything was going to be angular and and future. Everything was angular because nothing was going to nothing's flat that. in the future. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> there right. are no flat surfaces. Yeah, no no ninety degree angles. Nothing. How dare you? Hey, Ronnie, I think I feel like this should be an inspiration for an EP. Like the Astro Motel EP sounds like something that you should create if you haven't already. Like a concept record about the Astro? Is that what you're just, saying? I mean, it, I feel like there's a lot of inspiration here. I feel like you have this, this interesting mix of really positive memories as well as some – like there's some angst here as well as sort of your your retrospective view on what it was supposed to be. And I don't know. Seems like there's some inspiration there, and uh, I, I don't just just feeding you a, an idea as a creative person. Hype! I love that. I'm not I'm not opposed to that at all. I think that's brilliant. I, I, I might, go I get, might get on that. I think I might get on that. Yeah. What if we all collaborated on this, Pipe? What, uh, what could you bring to the table musically uh, in this little endeavor? <laughs> musically, um, feedback. <laughs> Play it for me, and I'll I'll give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. That's what I can do. Guys, I say that we eventually like put together a conference and and do it at. Do it at the Astro. I, I love it. Beautiful yeah. bar sale. No, I, I couldn't. I yeah. I couldn't like an idea more than that. You know what? Though? Here's the thing. So I do have great memories of the Astro again because I was I was young. But it, when but when I look back on it with hindsight and I think about the old man, like yeah. I'm just thinking like like why couldn't you get together one vacation that didn't end us up at the Astro? Even though 
At the end of the day, me and my brother and my sister would look at each other and secretly under our breath be thinking, if only we can get to the Astro. And I don't even know why there was a question because it was automatic we were going to get there. But there was always a little doubt in our minds because the vacation might go good and then we wouldn't end up at the Astro. Well, I'm sure your parents were always like, we're not going there this year. We're going to, you know, Disney or a water park or the beach. But instead it was like. And we're at the Astro. No, I just wonder if they plotted it. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what kind of put that's what that's what kind of gets inserted into my mind now as we're kind of sussing this out is like, was that just a plot for them to make it feel like we we're going to have a nice vacation? But in reality, it was always no way we're going to end up at the old Astro because that's what, you know, back then, what was it like twenty nine ninety nine a night or like nineteen ninety nine a night? You know, and they probably gave, got you a discount if you got like a suite where you had the adjoining rooms or something. So they're like, ah, we'll knock it off 10 bucks a night. So your parents got a, a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, that's how, you know, I'm going to call Lorraine right now. My mom, I got to figure this out, man. This is ridiculous. Did your this pop is- get all like glum and morose when you would have to like go to the Astro? Was it, was it a kind of defeating thing for him where he would like hang his head and, in, in- like silent angry shame over it maybe maybe that's what's funny is like when i'm looking back and i'm thinking of i'm thinking of sort of the the mood that the old man had when we used to arrive at the astro it certainly it certainly wasn't glum it was more glee it was Mm -hmm. way more glee than glum Mm -hmm. i think that i think the astro was his sweet spot now that we're talking about it that was his sweet spot he yeah. wanted to be there, right? Like yep. he wanted to be there because he thought it was money and he thought he was giving his family the money vacation at the Astro. Well, I'm glad, man. I'm glad that's how he felt about it. That's how I wanted to be for him. So, wow. Um, Sorry, Pipe. I kind of went on about that. Let's, let's, no, let's, I, I, I didn't. I didn't expect such an epic tale of, of uh, the Astro. A lot, of, a lot of layers, Pipe. Yeah, that was amazing. Mm. Mm. Piper, what about you, man? What did a what did a John Piper-led vacation look like? I'm guessing now. I'm, well, I'm just going to... To be I'm fair, they were up. always Noel Piper-led vacations. John Piper <laughs> John Piper just sort of came along go? for the ride. What's that? Yeah. So did, he, did he ever go? Or did he, he, he went, but he brought, like, work, right? Well, so, so here's my recollections, and I'm, you know, my parents don't listen to this, so I can say whatever I want, but um, yeah. uh, my dad got four weeks of writing leave every summer from, like... Mm-hmm elementary school on for me and so we would combine that with vacation some summers and so which means that we would go spend like two months visiting family in georgia and south carolina and so most vacations for me were were built around visiting family not like we didn't do disney uh we would mix in trips to the beach and stuff like that but even most of those were sort of built around other events so like yeah. Denominate denominational uh meetings were were often a hub in vacation time. And uh, boy, if you want to have a crappy vacation, build it around a denominational meeting. <laughs> Cause you get to go to glamorous places like Sacramento <clears throat> and Des Moines, mm. which are just lovely. So well, SBC I, treats their pastors right, man. Who, who's that? Yeah, they do. SBC. Oh, I know. didn't grow up SBC. I grew up Baptist General Conference, which is like smaller oh. and poorer. Um, BGC. Yeah. Yep. The BGC. You know, which, from my perspective, all the Baptist stuff's the same pipe. But go on. Yeah, it's just they're most they're more like Scandinavian instead of Southern. So it's just a <laughs> so dude. They're like EFCA. Then is that what we're talking about? So there's a lot of similar. I mean, there's do not like I would say demographically some similarities there. Um, wow. So yeah, I, I remember once in middle school we went. We had to go to. I think it was either Ames or Des Moines for denominational meeting, which was always either like way. middle of June, and uh, and I was probably 
I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. And so I got stuck in like the youth program, which I'm having a traumatic moment. They're the worst. <laughs> They're uh-huh. so terrible. And oh, yeah. uh, I was also a kid who like, I, I liked people, but I hated being stuck in a crowd of a bunch of strangers. So like sending me off to a youth thing with nobody I knew was just hell on earth. And so this was at like some uh, – like some uh, – settlers settlement camp kind of thing so there's a lot of like cabins and rustic crafts and like learning how to go fishing with no fishing pole and like make your own hooks and Mm. like making candles out of tallow and just all sorts of crazy nonsense and so i got to spend a week doing that stuff and uh sure that just wasn't the boy scouts I wish it was the Boy Scouts because then I could have earned a badge. Instead, I had to go get like had to go compete in like Bible memory contests between trying to catch you know bluegill with a paperclip hook. Uh, <laughs> it was it was uh, yeah. So there there was that one. Uh, there was the trip to Sacramento for a denominational meeting. The only thing I remember about that is vomiting up hotel eggs all over the hotel elevator. Oh, so mm. that was delightful. But the, the vacations that I have fond memories of, of which there are many, because we would leave the denominational meetings and go to places that I enjoyed, like we'd go visit family in Georgia, which involved lots of like tromping around in the woods and going fishing and swimming and, and hanging out with cousins and eating fried chicken and all sorts of goodness. Um, and I would ride in the back. We had one of those big Chevy Caprice station wagons with like the wood paneling on the sides. And so nice. my brothers would all sit in the middle seat and uh, I would sit in the way back kind of on top of the luggage because there were no seatbelt laws. And so I would just sort of camp out back there, like looking out the back window and getting all the semi trucks to honk. And we would drive from Minnesota all the way to Georgia, which was, that's a long drive. But uh, yeah. so that was, that was fun. And then, yeah, and then we would usually mix in trips to the beach, you know, so we'd go meet my dad's dad uh, at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and spend some time with him. We did that two or three times. Um, and, went, you know, deep sea fishing and caught nothing, but, you know, it was fun to be out on the water. And so it was just – it was almost always built around other things. So, like, when we would go to Georgia, my dad had this little uh, – it was like a retrofitted uh, – mobile home that he turned into an office on my grandparents' property. They had like 300 acres in central Georgia. And so he would, he would go write books there for a month. And then the second month was like vacation time when we would actually do fun things and he would do fun things with us prior to that. He was pretty well holed up. Uh, so he, he would participate in vacation for sure. Just once he was done writing whatever book it was. There's a time for everything under the sun pipe. I mean, we know that, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, what is it, Ecclesiastes that says that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a bird song, too. But. Okay. <laughs> Ted, <laughs> Ted, did you have any uh, epic family vacations? I really didn't, man. We we only ever went to see family. But uh, the Yahoo story about our movie just dropped. So Ooh. I'm reading that right now. It literally just <laughs> so, dropped. So you've moved from caring right back into not caring. Exactly, man. I've I've, I've run the whole, the whole gamut of emotions uh, here on the program <laughs> this afternoon. Um, we're up, we're no, down. We, yeah, we, um, you know, we would go and see family really. So we didn't, we didn't really do like lavish vacations that much. And, uh, yeah, I just, I remember car rides. I remember, you know, my mom was real like anti-smoking so she could smoke, she could smell like cigarette smoke within a 20 mile radius. So like, uh, there were certain gas stations that she didn't want pops to stop at because, uh, they smelled like smoke 
and we would smell like smoke if we uh, if we went out. Um, I remember driving to Chicago a lot. My uh, my family's from Chicago, and we would drive past this uh, uh, this like stone quarry. So on like either side of Highway 80, there was there were these deep yeah, like it's, it's you still know, there. It's maybe, yeah, it's still what there. What are you gonna do with the stone quarry? It's not like they're gonna fill it back in, but yeah, it's still there. Yeah, it was really cool, man. That was like a highlight of the trip because it meant that we were getting closer, and it meant uh, it meant that you know. Um, I got to look down into there and see uh, where they they mined all this rock. But uh, the other the other fun thing that would happen when we would go to Chicago, my folks would, uh, and this was a, gl- a a rare kind of glimpse into their life, like before me, which was always fun as a kid. Um, they would find this station that like would play all the music that they were into when they were growing up there. So and they had like the same DJs and stuff. So these these songs would come on, and my folks would get all like kind of excited about it. And that was always uh, that was that was pretty fun. But, you, got- you know what I find that I find that fascinating. Like both of you guys, there's a little bit of a theme for both of you guys, which was yeah. vacations were always with family, visiting family. Like not yeah. once ever in all of our vacations did we we and I had a ton of cousins. Like my dad had, you know, my dad had like six brothers and sisters. I knew all my cousins, so there was there was all of that, right? But never mm-hmm. once did we do a vacation where we like traveled to see family, of mm-hmm. which my dad would have said that's no vacation at all. So to yeah. me, it's like fascinating that that's what you guys did. Is that I wonder if the, is that like a geographical thing? Like, I was going to say how how close were you to your extended family geographically? I mean, they were all over. Okay. Like they would have been like yeah, literally like all over America. Like we could have we could have gone anywhere to see them. Well, I think so. if, if you grew up in California, I think you just like visiting people in other parts of the country is just you can't drive it where are you gonna drive well, it's far it's, it's far you, you yeah. add a day and a half just to like get across the rockies and then you have two-thirds of the country to cross and so you know going from even going from like minneapolis to georgia is you know it's it's two decent days drive it's not that bad and usually you could mm-hmm. stop and visit somebody on the way or spend the night at a hotel which i i always enjoyed because yeah again it was like some crummy motel but it had a swimming pool so young barnabas was quite happy uh <laughs> but yeah you where, how are you going to do that from california you can't like drive to anywhere to visit to visit people so i think yeah. did you did you see them at holidays and stuff like that you know, I think my parents are just a little antisocial when it came to uh, the fam. So <laughs> <laughs> it probably reflected mom and pops more than than it did anything else. But it's I just when you guys were talking about it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like we would have never driven to visit family. And you guys are like, no, that was all of our vacations. Well, it's that's fascinating. Yeah, it just became I think you just sort of fall into a rhythm as a family. And like, that's the thing you do. And we never spent holidays with family. I didn't do Christmas with any extended family at any point until I was in my 20s, I, yeah. if I recall. I mean, we just wouldn't. We wouldn't go to – well, because when – the other thing is with my dad being a pastor, you know, summer was his time off and he would take all his vacation at once, which means the rest of the year we were just in Minnesota. We didn't travel. Um, so that was part of it as well. Oh, like, so you knocked it out. So you knocked out two months in the summer every year. That's all it was. Pretty much, yeah, because he would get you know whatever, four weeks of vacation and then four weeks of writing leave. And so it was like June and July. We were just gone. And then there wasn't like we're going to take a week at this time and a week at this time. And then, you know, Christmas and, and Thanksgiving, we never traveled because how our pastor is going to travel over the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great life, Pipe. Oh, it was I don't know. I didn't have any complaints growing up. I don't feel like I missed out on much. Is T, Ted, are you still with us? Is still, Ted still with us or is he just reading his article? Baby, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm uh I'm barely here, but I'm here. Let's uh let's wrap it with the last thing, man. And this is the uh this is the recurring 
uh, bit that, that we've done in the past that people like, and it's called, What Are People Even Doing? Um, so real quick here, man, uh, I have to bounce here in a couple of minutes, but uh, I'm going to let you guys go first. Um, what are people even doing, Big R? What's, uh, what's yours for this? Dude, I don't even know. I don't even know what. How, the, I don't even know what that is. So it's this oh. is you missed it when we did this bit last time. This is when you just. This was a suggested category by a listener. We decided to make it a recurring bit where we just pick something that has been like that just baffles us, and then and then we just like, we just rant about it. What it, what are people even doing with whatever that thing is? So anything that has baffled you about humans, dude. I don't even know where to start. Why don't you start, Pipe? All right, I have one. Actually, I have a list. I always have a list on this one. This is my favorite segment. Um, <laughs> I don't understand the fascination with Yeti, the brand. Mm-hmm. Like you see cars driving down the roads with Yeti stickers on it. You know what Yetis are? Coolers yeah. and and t- and like travel mugs. But people right, put stickers on their car. This is what you're hanging your hat on. Is Yeti? Yeah, I don't you know? like it. it I just, Wait, I isn't it, it like the abominable snow monster? Well, that's that would be what the brand is named after. But okay. you, so just it's a blue sticker with white, you know, like a white sans serif font that just says Yeti. And they like stores advertise this. Like you'll go into a you'll go into an outdoor store or a grocery store, and they'll have big signs up that say, you know, we sell Yeti. And I'm like, if if you have like a Coleman cooler that you bought at Target, you don't put a Coleman sticker on your car. So. Why? Why is this the like the chic brand for for instruments to keep beverages cold? I don't get it. So that that's my that is the first of my list of what are people even doing? What are people even doing with the Yeti brand? Wow, yeah, that's big. That's big. Ronnie, you have to have one. That's part of the deal. This is this. Well, how dude, this I don't know. I mean, you guys caught me off 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 the hook on this one. So go go with it, Big T. Big T, stop reading Yahoo for like one minute and give us a. Give Dude, us a what guys, I'm so doing. out of my mind, man. I'm so pulled in so many directions. I, I you know, I, I, I don't even, I can't even think straight. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what mine is. You know what my, uh, what are people even doing is, is, is me. It's my own prof- unprofessionalism on this program today. <laughs> yeah. What, it, what is, got, what is Ted even doing? Dude, what am I even doing? Literally, what am I doing? Like, people are probably wondering in my office, am I like looking at papers? Am I grading? Am I looking at my phone? And uh, the answer is yes to all those things. At least you're not I'm eating a granola bar this time. What? Yeah. I said, at least you're not eating a granola bar this time. Or an apple. Yeah, or right? opening mail. Those are, you know, that's good. That so, was back in the Trogues era. I opened a lot of mail in the Trogues era. Which <laughs> tells you something about how thrilling the podcast was then. We're so much better now. Exactly. No, this has not been my finest hour as a as a radio pro. That's for sure. Um, Maybe you kind of got to you kind of got to be on the program to to not have a finest. You got to be on the program to have a bad program, right? No, listen to me, baby. Listen, okay. I got I got on board with the whole Astro Motel thing. You were fascinated with that, weren't you? I was fascinated with that. I needed to see it. I needed to see pictures. I know you um, did, and you did. Then, then I drifted away a little bit again. So that's all right. Listen, all right. Big R, I want you to bring this thing back around, man. You've got to come up with something here to salvage this program. So, hey, you know what people are even doing to me right now? This has been baffling to me. So now what's happening because, you know, our, obviously our, our program has now reached, you know, international status. I mean, I think that's not even arguable anymore. You know, we, we try to keep this program on the DL. We try to keep it this small. We try to keep it kind thing. of independent. You right, know. and it just keeps blowing yeah. up. So now what happens inevitably, and this has become a frightening thing for me, like at both of our congregations, right, inevitably I have one or two people come up and they look at me and they say this. Just heard last week's uh, app. 
And I look at them and I'm like, I'm so afraid of what's coming next. <laughs> Dude, you get, just, you get blowback, though. You get people who are really tweaked. I mean, I, I'm just – I haven't heard anything too bad. But, like, they look at me like they're getting ready to tell me something. I'm like, oh, no. So I always respond with, I, you know, it's just – you know, we're just having a good time on there, right? You know, we, we don't take ourselves seriously. We're just having fun. Like, you get that. And then usually it's like, oh, yeah, no, no. I, I love the show. I just – there was that one thing you guys went through that I loved. I just want to tell you about it. I'm like – and I just, like, I sigh a, you know, collected relief, you know, a sigh of collected relief coming out of my – nostrils you know but it's like um so that's kind of one that's been happening which is it's it it un, kind of unwinds me every time it happens a little bit mm. you know yeah so uh, anyway that i think that's fair i i have one and maybe we can close out the show with this this actually hit today this is this is actually of significance so last episode we talked about <clears throat> calling and we talked about how people say they are called to places they just want to go to um well the day after we released that episode the Babylon Bee shared an article on the exact same thing. Okay, I am calling my attorney. No, no, here's the deal, though. This is, here's the deal. So immediately, like, our listeners rose in our defense and were like, that, they stole the idea. That article is a year old. They just reshared it. So mm-hmm. uh, I want Still to... Still calling my attorney. I, I would like to say, what are people even doing just assuming the worst? Let's assume that people are not all <laughs> joke stealers and can't come up with their own material. And then also uh, read the read the date on an article before you begin accusing people. Because technically, we could be accused of stealing their idea even though none of us knew it existed. So uh, I, just, I would just like to throw that out there and say the Babylon Bee did not steal our idea. And... Uh, so what are people even doing with all of these up in arms accusations? But also thank you listeners for getting our back. Dude, I like it, it. And I, you know, obviously and we're, we're defending Babylon because we want to be a punchline, you know, for a Babylon B, you know, you know, a, a headline one of these days. And that's why, you know, we're trying to stay in their good favor. Is that right, Big T? That is right. Baby. Yeah. You have to, I mean, you have to maintain professional ties. Otherwise you can't burn bridges. That's how, you know, that's how money gets lost. Exactly. Absolutely. Money never sleeps in this podcast, boys. Oh, uh, can you please a, take us? Can you can you please release us from this podcast? That's a slogan that I just uh, that I just made up. Money I'm never gonna, sleeps. Money never sleeps on the rant. Take us Money home, Ted. Boys, this has been uh, this has been an up and down episode. I'm not going to lie. I'm owning that. Okay, I'm taking it out on me. You can put that on my back. All right, and um, I'm going to subtract a percentage from the money. I've let the I've let the fans down, and I've, I've worst of all, I've let the two of you down. Um, so I beg your forgiveness and until next time, Rachel, the held Evans, the happy rant is brought to you by resonate recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to resonaterecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to resonaterecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast.
these EPs found their way into the hands of Chris Tomlin. And so we got this email out of the blue. That, well, he was inviting us to go on this major arena tour of the United States. And at that time, we were like, well, we're not even really a band. Do we tell him we're not a band? Chris Llewellyn from REM Collective shares some of his life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. Find The Walk on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.